Good morning, 3W. It's Pastor David here with you once again. Today's July the 20th, and we've been having a phenomenal summer on our summer road trip. This past few weeks, we've been able to make some different stops along the Word of God where we've been able to learn and be equipped at how to be better believers and how to walk in a closer relationship with the Lord. Now, I want to take a second to remind you that it's not enough to just get together on a Sunday or tune in once a week on an online service, being part of our online campus. We need to have daily encounters with the presence of God. You know, it's one of those things we need to do. Wake up, spend time with Him in prayer, spend time with Him in worship, spend time in the Word, because as we grow in the Lord, we're able to fulfill the Great Commission. We are able to be a part of what God has given as a vision to this local church. Equip the body of Christ to live a lifestyle of worship that'll cause change. Did you know people are reading you? They read the way that you worship God. They read the way that you lead your life. And as you are equipped in your relationship with the Lord, you will be able to make an impact that will have eternal ramifications as people surrender their lives to Jesus, seeing you lead a lifestyle of worship. Today's a special day as I have a good friend of mine from a local church here in our city, Numa Church, Pastor Chris Garcia. We go back probably about 20 years, and he is an amazing man of God, a family man and a man of integrity, and I have the honor of calling him a friend. And I want you to give him a warm welcome this morning as I call Pastor Chris up to the altar. How's everyone doing today? All right. Well, it's so good to be here with you guys uh, this morning. And uh, man, what a powerful time of worship we had and the declarations that we've been saying before our God. Our God is a mighty God. He's a wonderful God. Amen. And he is worthy of all our praise. He is worthy of our songs. He is worthy of our affections. And uh, and I'm so glad that you guys decided to come this morning and be here and be part of what God is doing in this wonderful, wonderful church. I want you guys to give it up for Pastor David and Patty. They are amazing, amazing pastors. Like he said, we go back many, many years. We've been friends for many years. And one of the things that I love about your pastor is that he's a praying man. He's a man of prayer, a man that believes God uh, for what the Word of God says and for who He says that He is, right? And uh, and you guys, as 3W Church, you guys are making a difference. You guys are making a difference in this community, all right? You guys are going to continue making a difference even in greater ways because I really believe that what God has for this church, the best things are yet to come. And I declare that in Jesus' name over you guys, amen? So uh, just uh, let me introduce myself. Like He said, my name is Pastor Chris. Garcia, and uh, I have the privilege of pastoring this beautiful church uh, not too far from here called Numa Church, and uh, what's going on here today is a miracle because usually pastors don't give up their pulpits on Sunday to a neighboring pastor to come and preach for them, you know? Maybe they'll do it for a conference or something like that, but not Sunday morning, you know? Not when all the crowd and their main people are there, but I really believe Pastor David, uh, like he said, uh, I really believe he's a man of God, and God is doing great things in the body of Christ in the city. Amen. I, I remember when there was a time that pastors, there's no way you're going to invite another pastor. But you know what? Those walls are coming down in Jesus' name. 
we are all one body. We're all part, right? And we were singing about, I love that song, you know, we are his bride. I know for the men it's a little bit weird to think of yourself as a bride. I have a hard time thinking of myself as a bride. You know, I'm the groom, you know what I'm saying? But we are the bride of Christ as a church, you know? And uh, he is preparing that bride. He's preparing that church. And this is how it looks like. How does it look like, Pastor, where there's no walls of division? There's no walls where this is my flock and that's your flock. No, it's his flock. And he's the over-shepherd, and we are all under-shepherds under his orders. Amen. So uh, this morning, I have the privilege of being here uh, with my beautiful wife, Gabby. Babe, if you could come real quick and just say hello to the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to break down that. All right. Good morning, church. We're so excited to be here. Like my husband is saying, we're we're one body, right? We have different rooms. Those are the different local churches here in that in, in Miami. But we're excited to be here. We believe that in your church and your pastors, just continue growing in this beautiful house. Okay. We know, you know, the Bible says of us being grounded and us being just. Uh, uh, planted in, you know, in in the house of God. So I just ask you guys to continue, you know, loving the Lord, serving in this house, coming, bring people. We need all these chairs to be filled, amen? And the ones that are connected online, we know that you're there, but just come. There's nothing like being on Sundays with our family, amen? amen? So this is a beautiful community. Continue, and we're blessed to be here this morning. And my kids are with your children, I guess. We have four children, my daughter Hadassah, uh, and my son David, that he actually had a game today. Can you believe uh, Sunday they put a game? He plays in a basketball league, and we're like, how are we going to do it on Sunday? But we had some friends that took him, and we have two small children too. But we're blessed to be here. Just receive the word of God. We believe that God has brought a specific word for all of us this morning. And we pray that you will be blessed and run with it. Amen? All right. Be careful there. Climb over that wall. All right. Uh, Another thing, I want to thank the pastors and all the leaders here in the house. Thank you so much uh, for having us. All right. Uh, You've been wonderful. Uh, Thank you so much, Barbie. Uh, She's been writing me for the last few weeks, making sure do I need anything and I feel so loved, and we all feel so taken care of in this place, so thank you. The message that I'm going to share with you guys, I just uh, spoke uh, a few minutes ago to the Spanish congregation. I want to speak to you guys. Let me tell you that it's a specific message for this church, and what do I mean by that? Today, I don't come to speak to you guys something that I spoke at my church three weeks ago, you know? A lot of times when you're a guest pastor somewhere else, you're like, you know what, these people haven't heard what I spoke over here, so I have a repertoire of messages that I could go and share. No, let me tell you something. I've been praying over this for some weeks now, and every time I would close my eyes and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to share with 3W Church? This is the word that kept on coming to my heart, and the word was perseverance. Speak to them about perseverance. Can you say that word with me? Perseverance, all right? Let me tell you guys something. I really believe that we're living in a day and age where our faith is being tested like never before. All right? Our faith is being tested like never before, and I think it's going to be even tested more and more as the days go by. Let me tell you that you and I are facing things right now that I think we've never, okay, seen before or we would have imagined that we were going to face. 
Like, who would have told us, okay, that just a year ago we were going to face this worldwide pandemic where everything was going to shut down? My wife and I, we were doing a missions trip in India, all right? We were in a little town called Ashmir, India. We were doing, uh, it was like about a 10-day missions trip. Our mission trip got cut short. Just to get over there, okay, it's about two days, all right? And we're in Ashmir, India. The whole pandemic is breaking out. They're about to shut down the United States, and we're calling United Airways, and the wait time for the call was over four hours. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's Sunday night. Our flight is not till Friday, and they're shutting down this country on Wednesday. I'm like, you imagine getting stuck of all places in India without a, a being able to come back? So we're doing everything we can. Okay, and it, to make a very, very, very long story real short, okay, we got out of India in the last flight from United Airways, okay, to the United States before the shutdown. When we walked into the airport in Newark in New Jersey, there was not one soul in that airport. Like, we almost did the checkpoint by ourselves, you know, we, we almost did our own immigration papers, look at our passports, all right, yeah, you're a USA, okay, go in, you know, and we just... There was not a soul in sight. I would have never imagined that. And then we had to drive, okay, to LaGuardia Airport to get down to Miami. Not a person in LaGuardia Airport. If you've ever been to New York and been to LaGuardia, it is crazy. No one there. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what in the world is going on? Who would have told you? Okay, that we were going to shut down having services on Sunday morning and we were going to be connected online. Who's going to tell us that? And if they would have told you that in 2019, you would have not believed it. You would have not believed it. And after the whole, you know, when things started returning back to normal, my wife and I, with the kids, we had a vacation planned to Orlando and the parks were closed. You know, and we stayed at one of the resources right across from Magic Kingdom, and we were driving in. We passed by the parking lot of Magic Kingdom, and I told my family, take a look at what you're seeing now because you've never seen it before, and you might never see it again. Magic Kingdom, the parking lot, no cars, just empty. Can you imagine that? Those are the kind of things that we faced and gone through. People have gone through very hard times. People have gone through hardships. People have suffered. I know people that have passed away during the pandemic. I know people that have had close family members pass away. People gone through crisis, through difficult times. Our country has gone through struggles this la last year and a half. And let me tell you something, guys. It's not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any better. All right? The Bible has spoken about that. It is prophesied. Now we're living in this culture you know, the whole cancel culture thing that if you don't think in a certain way, oh, you can't speak, you can't talk. They'll just close you out. You know, be careful because they might shut you down from Facebook or YouTube or from this or from that if you don't think the same way that certain people think. In school, okay, there's an ideology that is being taught to our children that doesn't go according to what the people in this room think, people that are watching. This whole transgender movement, and my, my, my daughter the other day was telling me, you know, that there's, I don't, I think it was like, how many, like 114 different sexes, right, that are, yeah, I don't even know how many genders, 
I was like, I didn't know we had all that stuff. I knew uh, that God created male and female, and that's it. Not all this stuff that is going around and going on. Just yesterday in the morning, I was in Publix. I'm a morning person, all right? Where are the morning people at? Anybody is a morning person in here? You know, I'm a morning person. I'm up, you know. I don't need a clock in the morning to wake me up. I'm just up, you know. Now, my wife is a night owl, you know. And now I have a problem because I'm a morning person, but I want to hang out with her as well. So I'm like, man, I'm sleeping like about five hours now a night and stuff like that. But anyways, I wake up for breakfast. Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day, you know. And I like to make, you know, my, you know, huevitos in the morning and pan cubano and all that stuff. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? So yesterday morning, my kid had a basketball game early. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go and make sure that I fix up some breakfast. I don't want this kid passing out in the middle of the court, you know. So I'm there in Publix, and I see a lady that her and her husband, I actually married them many years ago, you know. And they have moved out, and they're back and everything. She goes, Pastor, so good to see you here in public. And we start talking, you know, in the parking lot. You know how it is. And she goes, let me ask you a question. I'm so glad that I have you here. And, and she goes, I have my oldest daughter. She's going into high school. And I've been a, a, a stay-at-home mom, and I've homeschooled my three daughters. But she applied, and she got accepted to Coral Reef because she's good at music and all these things. And, and, and Pastor, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with sending my daughter to, to public school with what is being taught to the children now. What, what, what do you think that I should do? And I told her, well, I was actually faced with the same decision not too far, not too long ago, because my daughter's also going to go to high school. You know, and I go, and I did anything possible to try to put her in a school. And actually, at our church, we have a school, but it goes to eighth grade. So I went to Florida Christian, and thanks God, she's going to start now in Florida Christian now for her freshman year in high school. And I told her, that's the decision that I've made. Why? Because I don't agree probably with 95% of the things that are being taught in those public schools. And that is the reality of what, guys, we are facing right now. And I'm not even going to get into the whole political thing because you will lose me in this message. You know what I'm saying? I will go somewhere else with this message. But the question that I have is how do you and I, as sons and daughters of God, stay faithful to our God and accomplish the mission that he's given us to do to go and make disciples of all nations? You know how? Perseverance. We need to persevere. We need to go beyond all these different things that we're going through and say, you know what, I'm going to stay faithful to the end. So today I want to share with you guys a message, okay, that I've titled The Four Pillars of Perseverance. All right, you're taking notes. I love, I see people with their pens and their notebooks. That's so cool. All right, you got your phone. You want to write it down. The Four Pillars of Perseverance. And I want to start off by putting a video up on the screen, okay? And you're going to hear in this video, it's called Famous Failures, okay? People that are famous, you're going to know, okay? And difficult moments that they went through, but they kept on persevering. Watch the screen. Dismissed from drama school with a note that read, wasting her time, she's too shy to put her best foot forward. Turned down by the Decca recording company who said, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. 
a failed soldier, farmer, and real estate agent. At 38 years old, he went to work for his father as a handyman. Cut from the high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his room, and cried. A teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything, and he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no original ideas. His fiance died, he failed in business twice, he had a nervous breakdown, and he was defeated in eight elections. If you've never failed, you've never lived. I see that video you know what I think I'm like all right if we're going to make a difference and do something worthwhile for our Lord here you know what we're going to have to do we're going to have to persevere we're going to go we're going to have to go beyond the difficulties and the hard times and the adversity that we face and continue moving forward so I actually went to the dictionary to find out what's the true definition of perseverance and this is what the dictionary said Perseverance, persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. I'm going to repeat it. Persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. In other words, without adversity, there's no need for perseverance. Unless we face adversity, we don't need to persevere. According to this, okay, according to this, there's going to be a delay to achieve success, and you're going to have to push through, go beyond. And I want to let you know something, church. The life of a son or daughter of God is filled with adversity. It's filled with roadblocks. Jesus didn't say that when you came to him, things were going to get easier. He never said that in scripture. Actually, what Jesus says is that whoever wants to follow me, take up your cross daily and come after me. You imagine that? Back then, the cross was a symbol of shame, was a symbol of, of, of pain, was a symbol of, of, oh, my God. You know, standing right here behind me. Take up your cross daily. What was he saying? It's going gonna, it's gonna to become hard. And sometimes as preachers, we have not done a good job because we're, we're like, come to Jesus and all your problems will be solved. Oh, for real? Come to Jesus and all your problems will be solved? No, actually, when you come to Jesus, you start swimming against the current. Everybody's going to disagree with you. Jesus said it himself. If they call the master of the house crazy and a devil, what do you think they're going to call you? So I'm here to tell you, okay, that we're going to have some roadblocks along the way. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but have heart. I have overcome the world. You know what I'm saying? I love a scripture in Hebrews that it talks about all the people of the faith. And then he, it says, people on whom the world was not worthy. Let me tell you something. When you go through the difficulties and the hardships of this world, I want to remind you something. You weren't made for the brokenness of this world. You weren't made for this. That's why God has something greater for the sons and daughters of God that are in this room. 
And we want to make sure we don't get there alone. We want to make sure we bring other people with us as well. Because we have loved ones, we have family members, we have co-workers, we have neighbors, and we want them to enjoy that life that God has prepared for the sons and daughters of God. Amen? Now, I want to get to two scriptures this morning. The first one is found in James chapter 1, verse 12. All right, I'm just going to read through them real quick for the sake of time. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing. Who do what? Patiently endure testing and temptations. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. And that's the first scripture that I, that I, that I want to read. It says that after we've endured, oh, we're going to receive a price. But first we need to do what? We need to endure. We need to persevere. Have you ever seen anybody that gets the price even before competing? You know, I just, they just broke the news to me, all right? Pastor David's dad, I was all excited when I got here. I'm a basketball fan. I'm like, oh, U.S. is playing against France today. We're starting, you know, on our way to our gold medal. He gives me the news that France beat the U.S. today in the basketball team. I almost fell into depression, but I forgot that I needed to preach on perseverance, you know? So I'm like, all right, Lord. There used to be a day, okay, that you just wore the jersey that said USA, man, and they were giving you the gold medal already. I remember the first dream team in 92, you had Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, all the, the opposing teams, and before the game, were taking pictures with them, you know? Like, hey, when you stop shooting the ball, we just need to take a picture with all you guys. You had all these guys there. Today, they're like, I don't care you're wearing a USA, we're friends and we're going to beat you. Because they have to go into that court and they need to do what? Compete. And if they want to win, they have to endure. Well, that's the same way for you and I. You're not just going to, oh, is that he received Christ. Okay, let's give him the crown now. Oh, <laughs> you better believe that. Somebody said, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to walk in God's ways? Well, I'm going to make it impossible for him. And let's see if that confession that he made, he's really going to stand by it. But to those that love him, oh, there's a prize waiting at the end. All right, we're going to get into that in a second. And then Hebrews chapter 12, that's the next scripture. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I like preaching here. You guys are preaching with me, man. I get excited with all the amens and all you guys here. That's so cool. Listen, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance. Let us run with perseverance. All right? The race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So why do people stop persevering? Because they become weary and they give up. If you're here today, I hope you're not weary. And I hope that you're not giving up. If you came here this morning to throw in the towel, I got some news for you. I'm going to pick that towel and give it back to you, man. 
You are not here to give up. How many of us know people that have gotten weary along the way and said, you know what? Yeah, this is not even worth it. So many people that have given up. I know people that started with me, walking with God, going after God, having prayer moments, serving the Lord. And today I look back and some of those people aren't even walking with God. I look at their Facebook or their Instagram and they're so far away. And it breaks my heart because I remember moments and conversations that we had. I remember moments when the Holy Spirit touched their lives and God became so real to them. What happened? Somewhere along the way they just became weary. And they just gave up. And you know, during this whole pandemic thing, it's been one of those moments. We were talking a second ago, I was talking to Maggie, Pastor Davis, uh, mom, because a lot of people have decided not to come back to church, but just stay online and watch. And I understand if you have a condition that you need to, you know, you can't get the virus, I understand that. But let me tell you something. If you're hanging out at Disney World, you're hanging out at Miami Beach, you're hanging out around all these places, you're at the mall, Okay, but you can't come to church because you don't want to get the pandemic and you don't want to get hit with the virus. There's something going on with you and you need to get fixed. Because what's going to happen is that now you're going to stay home, you're going to stay at the beach, you're going to stay doing all these things. There was a lady that from our church, I got to say this story. I'm not at my church, so I can say some stories about my church today. <laughs> Some lady from my church about a few months ago comes to me. She's in her 70s. And she goes, Pastor, I, 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 need, I need to come to you to confess something. I'm like, what's going on? She goes, last week on Sunday, I was at the beach during the service time. This is my first Sunday back, she tells me, Pastor. And when I was at the beach with my family, they were putting down the towels and and, and my son-in-law was putting the umbrella on the sand. And she goes, and I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit tell me, what are you doing here? <laughs> and she says that. All of a sudden, she's like, I'm with my family. And he goes to her, why aren't you at church? And she says that she started weeping at the beach at that moment and told the Lord, Lord, I'll be in church next Sunday. So that Sunday, she was there at church confessing to me, saying, Pastor, I want to say sorry to the Lord. Because I used this whole pandemic thing and using the safety thing. But now on Sundays, I've been doing all these other things. I need to get back to God. I need to get back to church. Because we get weary. And we do what? And we give up. So what are the four pillars of perseverance? Number one, write this down. First pillar our love for God. In that first scripture of James chapter 1, verse 12, it says that those that love him will receive a crown of life. Those that what church? Those that love him. Your number one motivation to persevere has to be your love for God. Your love for God has to be on the increase, not on the decrease, church. If you're going to persevere through all the adversity, because let me tell you something. The enemy is going to try to throw anything and everything at you to get you out of the way. For you not to accomplish the purpose that God has for your life. 
I remember, you know, when my kids were smaller, we would play Mario Kart, you know, on the Wii. And I used to love playing Mario Kart with them. And I remember that these guys would beat me, and they would get in front of me, and all of a sudden, like, throwing banana peels at me. You know, and like little things, and my car would just go off the road. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, that's what the enemy does. He'll throw banana peels at you. He'll throw rocks at you. He'll throw whatever he can to get you off the road. But if you love him, if you love him, you'll say, Lord, I'm so in love with you. You know, how many things are you willing to do for love? I know men that are in here that said, I will do anything for my wife. I know men that have said, you know, I'll swim to the other side, you know, of the world. I'll do this. I'll climb the highest mountain. I'll do this for love. There was a commercial not too long ago. I think it was Nike, if I'm not mistaken, that it said, for the love of the game. And then it would show different athletes going through different stunts and different things because they wanted to become the best at their profession. And that was the slogan, for the love of the game question that I have for you this morning, what are you willing to do for the love of God? For his, because you love him. Oh man, when you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you're not going to let anything detour you and get you out of the way. You're going to go after him. Let that be the fuel in your mortar. And I want to agree with the word that Pastor David said here when he was speaking now through, through the video clip. It's great that you guys are here on Sunday morning, but hey, you know what? You need to continue feeding your relationship with God during the week. I don't know anybody that is healthy only eating once a week. If you only eat once a week, okay, let me tell you something. You're not a healthy person, okay? You can't just eat on Sunday morning, all right, and be healthy, okay? I woke up this morning. And like a breakfast person that I am, I had breakfast. I got in the car and I like, hmm, I was already thinking about lunch when I got in the car on the way here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because why? Because I know, man. So imagine in the spirit, it's the same way. You can't come here at 1045 on Sunday morning and say, okay, I'm nurtured up. I'm ready to take on the week. You know how you're going to be by Wednesday? <sighs> You're going to be like gasps, no strength in you, no stamina. Oh, no, you need to pray every day. You need to read the word. You need to nurture your relationships. That's why I love, you know, the whole thing of small groups and stuff like that and connection. You need to do that. Connect with other Christians that can lift you up when you're down. And that takes me to my second pillar. My second pillar, okay, for perseverance what is that second pillar? Okay, write this down. Know that you're not alone. Know that you're not alone. That's why relationships are important. Let me tell you something. The enemy is going to try to isolate you. He's going to try to tell you, you are the only one that is going through this and no one else understands. The pastor don't understand. Your wife don't understand. Your kids don't understand. Your boss doesn't understand. You're the only one. And let me tell you something. When the enemy isolates you, oh boy, he's going to have a feast with you. He's going to have a feast with you. You need to understand, and that's why there in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, hey, there's a great 
cloud of witnesses that are around you. You're not the only one that has lived this life of faith. There's other men and women of faith that have lived this life and they've overcome. And the same way they overcome, you're going to overcome too. Actually, they're in the stands and they're cheering you on so that you can finish that race that you started. But when I read the Bible and I read the stories, you know, of different men and women and the hardships that they went through, but how they overcome, I'm like, oh, man, if they did it, I could do it as well. I'm not alone. Actually, Peter says in the Bible that you have brothers and sisters around the world that are going through similar trials. It might not be the same one, but similar trials. Don't feel that you're alone. And the Lord is with you in the middle of your trial. He's promised never to leave you, never to forsake you. The Lord is with you there in the middle of the fire. I love a song from Hillsong that it says, there was another one in the fire. You know the story of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three young Hebrew boys that were in the fire? It's amazing because we talk about them today and say, oh, man, these three guys and one more appeared there in the fire with them. I want to tell you something. If it wasn't for the fire, we wouldn't be talking about those three guys. And we wouldn't be talking about Jesus being with them in the middle of that. So when the fire is in your life, let me tell you something. The Lord is with you in the midst of the fire. You are not alone. So what does that tell me? I'm going to continue persevering. No one might understand me, but Lord, you are here next to me. I'm moving forward. There's a young girl from our church right now, and I want you guys to be praying for her. There are missions coordinators, and not too long ago, she got diagnosed with leukemia lymphoma. And we've been with them now in the midst of this battle. She has four little children. She hasn't even reached 40 years old. Started taking aggressive chemotherapy last week. She's going to have to take, have a bone marrow transplant. And they told her something the other day that was so difficult. Her husband told me. And he goes, when the doctor was there, he told me only one out of four survived this kind of thing. And she says, I am that one. She grabbed onto it and she goes, I am that one. That's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is somebody that will persevere even in the midst of the worst news that you could get. And you know what she said? I am that one. She goes, because the Lord is with me. Amen. Maybe those other three don't know the Lord. Oh, but I know the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? The third pillar. The third pillar of perseverance. Okay? Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Look at that scripture in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, And let us run with endurance, or with perseverance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Who do we fix our eyes on? Jesus. What do I want to tell you, church, this morning? Stop looking at what other people are doing. Stop looking at what your buddy's doing, what that guy over there is doing. Stop looking at what this guy over here is doing and focus on Jesus. Don't try to do what you're doing to try to please the pastor. 
Because, oh, if, you know, if the pastor sees me praying in the morning, then he's going to put me in charge of the prayer team or he's going to call me to be part of the worship team. Or Stop trying to live to impress people and look good for people. Put your eyes on Jesus and imitate him. Because if you put, and I'm going to tell you something, that I can say this because I'm a pastor, and I go, don't put us up in pedestals because God is an expert in knocking down idols. Don't put us up in pedestals. You shouldn't be worshiping or idolizing us because we're pastors. Oh, we have our weaknesses too. And that's the problem because when you put a pastor in a pedestal, you know what happens, right? When that man fails, then the whole church scatters. I told my church, you know what? Put your eyes on Jesus. Don't put your eyes on me. I'm battling my own stuff. I'm trying to follow Jesus, you know, as hard as you are. And of course, like I say, like Paul, okay, imitate me. Like I, you know, go after and imitate the Lord. But you know what? Your eyes shouldn't be on me. Your eyes need to be on Jesus. You guys hear what I'm telling you? Look at his example. Look at his dedication. When you get up in the morning, don't say, well, today I'm going to read my Bible. Why? Well, my small group leader said I had to read it. That's not enough motivation. You get up and you read your Bible and you pray in the morning because you're following Jesus' example. It says that he will get up early in the morning and have his time with God even before, you know, the sun had risen. You stay faithful to your wife. Why? Because God is faithful and you have your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is our example of perseverance. That was that scripture says. He endured all these things. And he kept on persevering. Put your eyes on him. If you think you've gone through a hard time, man, Jesus left the throne of heaven where all worship was dedicated to him 24-7. He didn't even need to raise his finger, and he already had maybe like a million angels saying, what do you need? And he left all that for you and for me. And he was born in a manger. Though. <laughs> crazy, crazy. He became a human. And then he became a servant of us. You follow Jesus' example. You have a hard time loving your wife? Serve her. Why? Because you're following Jesus' example of service. Wives that are here, you, you submit to your husband. Why? Because you see the way that Jesus submitted to the Father, and he said, not my will, your will be done. I'm following Jesus. Third pillar. That's the third pillar of perseverance. And the last one. We're going to land this plane here. The fourth pillar, your reward is waiting for you. Your reward is waiting for you. There's a reward that is waiting for you. How do you know that? It says it here, Hebrews 12, verse 3, because of the joy awaiting him, talking about Jesus. He endured the cross, disregarding his shame, and now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. You see, he knew there's a joy that was set before him. He had his eyes on something. In the midst of all the pain, in the midst of all the trial, he had his eyes saying, you know what? The Bible says that he was able to wash the disciples' feet because he knew from where he came and where he was going. 
He knew he had left the throne. He's going back to the throne after having redeemed all of us. He goes, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going there. I'm, in, I'm on my way there. You know what? The same way there's a prize, there's a reward that is set up for you and for me. And that has to be the motivation. Pastor, the reward, yes, because the reward is the Lord. The reward is the Lord. There's going to come a day, there's going to come a time when all the suffering, all the adversity is going to be put off to the side and the Lord is going to be your reward and you're going to finally be able to see him face to face. And the day that happens, church, oh my, you're going to say, oh man, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Worship team, you guys could come up. You know that when I was looking for the definition of perseverance, my time's up. When I was looking for the definition of perseverance, in one of the dictionaries, it had this along after the definition. It says, to persevere, the first thing is to have a clear objective or end in sight. In other words, you're going to start, but you already have the end in sight. This is the motivation why a person decides to face the adversities and continue insisting on a roadway that could be very complicated. Guys, I'm here to tell you something. I can promise you a bed of roses. I can promise you that everything is going to be blue skies and, you know. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a reward that is awaiting us. There's a reward that is awaiting the son or daughter of God. And that reward is him. The psalmist said it in Psalm 79. He says, you are my reward. You are my reward. The moment that you stand before the Lord. I was telling the church this morning, I feel bad, okay, for whoever's standing behind me on the line when I have Jesus in front of me. When I see Jesus face to face, that guy that is behind me, that's why it's going to take an eternity in heaven. Because I think when we all get to be in front of the Lord, whoever's standing behind you say, hey, you know what? I've gone through some stuff. You can wait a while, right? All right, because this is me and him right now. And I don't know if that morning I'm going to fall to my knees. I don't know if I'm going to grab onto him. I don't know if I'll just stand there and just start weeping. I don't know how that moment's going to be. But I know that I, I will have my reward right there in front of me. And say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because even in the hard times, in the difficult moments, you were there. And you are here now with me. So for the Christian that is in here today, for the son or daughter of God that is here today, I have some news. Your reward is not in this world. It's not a bigger house. It's not a nicer car. It's not a career like Ronaldo or LeBron James or whatever. All those things could be nice. But all those are temporal things. He is your reward. You know what? So today, I invite you, let's persevere and go after him with all our hearts. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. Yes, Lord.
you're this morning in this place or watching online, and you feel that today's message is speaking directly to your heart, I want you to right there where you're at, just refocus your eyes upon Jesus for a moment. Just refocus upon him. And just thank him. And just tell him, Lord, increase my love for you right now. I want to love you more. I want to get to know you more. Because as you get to know him more, you're going to love him more. And if anything, any difficulty, any problem, any situation in your life has hit you and hit you and hit you, today is the day where you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to stand back up and I'm going to go after you with all my heart. I'm not going to let this situation win me out. I'm not going to let this situation get me weary. I'm not going to give up. Today you say, Lord, I'm going after you. I'm running hard after you. And you're going to give me the strength, Lord. Say, Lord, give me the strength. Say, Lord, give me the strength so that I can run with endurance, with perseverance, my race, the race that you've set out before me. And just receive his grace right now where you're at so that you can accomplish that. Receive the grace that comes from God. Oh, his mercies are new every morning. Just receive it right there where you're at so that you can finish off your race and finish faithful. Finish well. Finish well. Finish well at the end. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Because your mercy is running after me. Your goodness is running after me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just tell him all my life you have been faithful again. and head bowed. If there's anybody here today, you might be a visitor, maybe you've come two or three weekends, maybe you're connecting for the first time, and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. I want to give you that opportunity right now where you could come to him. The Bible says that your sins will be forgiven, and you will become a son or daughter of God. You will receive the Holy Spirit, and he will help you on your journey. So if that's you today, and you say, Pastor, I want to make this decision. Once again, I'm not promising you the perfect life. Oh, but I'm promising you that God will be with you from this moment on forever. And if that's you, you say, Pastor, I want to do this right there where you're at. 
I'm going to guide you in a prayer, and I want you to pray this with me. You're going to say, Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my heart, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you for forgiveness for all my sins. And from this moment on, take me by the hand and take me into the arms of my Heavenly Father. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me live for the purpose for which you created me. Right now, I declare that I am a son or daughter of God. In Jesus' mighty name. And as people say, amen and amen. Put your hands together for Jesus this morning. Oh, come on, church. Hallelujah. Love you, Lord. If anybody in this room or watching online made this prayer for the first time, okay, I want to welcome you to the family of God. The Bible says that there's a party going on in heaven right now because of the decision that you made today in this place. Please let us know. You could come to Pastor Jose. He's out there in the back. His wife is here in the front and say, you know what? I made this prayer today. What are my next steps? And they're going to guide you. If you're watching online, I'm sure that there's a link there or in your comments. Just say, hey, I made this prayer, and we're going to help you with that, all right? So, Pastor or your wife, come on. <laughs>